0: Do you believe that Thanksgiving is only five days away? No. Like I literally was looking at my calendar, and I kind of work off my calendar because of work and home and things like that, and I just wasn't prepared that it was only five days away. Um, And then, obviously, we know it goes quickly into Christmas, so has anyone yet put up their Christmas tree? Nobody? I've had a secret desire to do that. I just, (laughs) I haven't done it yet, but I have a secret desire to do that. Anyone listening to Christmas music yet? Okay, there you go. That's kind of that little secret thing you can do and, like, be okay with, like, feeling that part of your heart. Yeah. Um, But our first um, celebration, is we're going to go into Thanksgiving. And um, maybe you're hosting people at your house. And you're super excited to have your table full of food and all of your beautiful people that you love around. And you're just excited for the laughter that's going to happen and maybe all the hugs that you're going to get. And that's going to fill your heart for months and months and months. Or maybe you might be trying a new recipe this year. Is anyone brave enough to do that? Oh, okay, new recipe people awesome because that's a lot of pressure doing a new thing for a big event. um I pray for you that it goes well and there's no pressure. Um, you might be going together with family somewhere close. you might have um you know your loved ones really close to you. You might have to get in a car and drive or get in a plane and fly um i um you might have to you may not be able to drive or fly and because your family isn't near and you can't just simply hop on a plane that might be really far away so you may be gathering with a friend or you may be serving the community that's always a beautiful thing to do Um, you might be facing some loneliness this time of year some of us are excited and some of us might be feeling a little bit lonely you're, you may not even be sure that you like the word celebrate because that word just doesn't even really feel like what your heart is feeling right now. Um, you might be invited places and you might go there, but you, your heart might not really feel that you're there, that you, your heart might be far away from the excitement and the celebration around you. You might be there, but your heart might not be there. You might be going into a family situation where there might be tension and you're kind of already feeling your heartbeat a little faster because you know you're gonna have to go there and see that person and have that conversation. So the idea of home and celebration and holidays can be something sweet and it can be something that's hard and it can be something in between. There may be some small changes that have happened in your family or there may be some big changes that happen in your family and this season is gonna be different. Holidays are generally a marker, like, this time last year, and you think in your mind, and if it's not what you thought it would be this time this year compared to this time last year, your heart might feel a little different. I know for me and my family, I grew up in North Carolina, and so I have lived in California for 15 years, and for 14 Christmases I have traveled to North Carolina. There's only one year I didn't go home for Christmas, but I went home for Thanksgiving. Last year I was here at B um the Saturday before Thanksgiving and I was planning to buy a plane ticket because my grandmother was um just announced to be terminally ill and I felt that it was my last Thanksgiving to stay with my grandmother. So I left on um that Thursday morning. I was in the airport on Thanksgiving Day, my flight got delayed and so I didn't make it to Thanksgiving dinner um, until around 4 p.m. on that Thanksgiving day last year. And that was the last Thanksgiving that I would have celebrated with my grandmother. So this year, it does look different for my family. And we lost my grandfather in June. So big changes, especially for my parents who are now trying to figure out how are we going to celebrate. So there are things that can happen in your family last year that may affect this year. Jesus understands every single one of those emotions. If you're excited and you're hosting a feast and you're going to have laughter and love around your table, Jesus understands that. And if you are maybe like my family, not really sure what's going to happen this year because the matriarch and the patriarch of the family are now not here, and so who's, how is it going to be this year? Anything in between of that, Jesus understands that because Jesus went to his hometown And he went to his hometown for something really special. And we may be going to our hometown or to places where we feel familiar and grew up for special things this season, for Christmas or for New Year's or for Thanksgiving. And when Jesus went home, he went home, and he went home with an anointing. And that might sound like a big word, and we're unsure of really what that even means. So today we're going to kind of take a look at that word anointing. And what does that word mean? And what does it look like for us to go home or to go into someone else's home or to welcome other people into our home with an anointing? What does that look like? So we're first going to start with where did Jesus live? What was his home? Um, Jesus grew up in Nazareth and Nazareth, I'll give you a little bit of history on Nazareth, and the word Nazareth is netzer. So the the root word of Nazareth is netzer, and um, that is a a Hebrew word that we're going to talk about, and it means branch. So let's go back a little bit in history. So people who call Israel their home, um, they lived there when Moses brought them out and Joshua led them into the promised land. So there's a time in history where the people of Israel um, lived in Egypt and then they moved to Israel. And they lived in Israel, and then there was a time where then they were conquered, and then they were moved out of their homeland. And in 583 BC, there was a king. He was a king of Persia. He held some of the people that used to live in Israel. They were um, living in his kingdom. And he said, actually, you guys, you can go back. You can go back to where you live. So for about 400 years, people would migrate from Persia back to Israel. And so around 100 BC, there was a a family, a clan um, that was um, from the family of King David. So David was the second king of Israel, and that was a special clan of people that we'll talk about in a little bit too. So that special clan of people, they moved back about 100 BC back to Israel, and they settled in this place called Nazareth. So they kind of were the founding people of the city called Nazareth. And so Nazareth is um, a Hebrew word which means branch or shoot. And so the town of Nazareth the, it is named that because it's called the town of the branch of David. So just think about it. A family moved there, David's family moved there, and now branches of his family tree are living in Nazareth. And so that's why Nazareth is called Nazareth. It means branch the branch of the city of David. So in the 8th century before Christ, there was a man named Isaiah, and he wrote down a promise in the Bible. And that promise in the Bible is, a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. So this is 700 years before that 100 BC where people moved back, and Isaiah made a promise the shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse. On your table there is there are olive branches on your table. And if you take a look at the olive branch you'll see there's shoots coming out from the branches. So a shoot that's a promise that a shoot will come out of the branch and that branch will come from will bear fruit and that's going to come from Jesse. So who's Jesse? Jesse is David's father. So Jesse and David are um, Jesse and David are related, father and son. So a branch will come from Jesse's root. So Jesse, Jesus, David, and then Jesus is also in that family branch. So if you look at the shoots off of the olive branch, each leaf could potentially represent a family member, and Jesus is one of those family members. So if you think of a family tree. It's Jesse, David, and then down the line, it's Jesus. So we have this promise in the Bible, in Isaiah, where he says, this is going to happen. So we see 100 B.C., family moves to Nazareth, they create this city, it's called the city of David, this is where that their family is going to come from, and so we see Jesus coming from this place too. So Jesus is a branch of Jesse, and that was a promise in the Bible. He was the promised one. He was the Messiah. He was the one that was coming to save them. And Jesus grew up, and he became a shoot. And during his childhood, he lived in Nazareth, just like the people of his family tree did. And he became a branch. He became a branch, and he bore fruit. And we're going to take a look at a scripture that shows the fruit that he bore. So we're going to look at um, Luke 4, which tells us where um what fruit that jesus bore so jesus he is born in bethlehem we know that so at christmas time we celebrate um jesus being born in bethlehem but he grew up in nazareth and um, so he goes back he becomes a man he gets baptized and when he's baptized it says a, a dove comes on him and it's the holy spirit and the holy spirit lands on him And that is something that we're going to talk about that is a symbol of anointing as well. So in the Old Testament, David was a king. And the kings and priests were the people that would be anointed. So what does even that word mean? So if you picture a horn of an animal and fill it with oil, and the people that were the king, sort of like a coronation, um, the person anointing you, if you happened to be a king or a priest, in that time, the person would come to you with a horn filled with oil, and they would pour it, the oil, on the top of your head, and it would drip all the way down your clothes. You would probably have had a beard, too. So it would have been caught in your beard and in your tassels if you had them on your clothes, and it would go all the way down to your feet. And that was a symbol that the Holy Spirit was on you. It was just a symbol. You took olives, and you crushed them, and you made olive oil. And from that crushing, you got this thing that represented the Spirit of God that was on you. So David was anointed as king, and Jesus, when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came on him like a dove, and that was a symbol of anointing as well. So anointing simply is um, being set apart, chosen, specifically having the Holy Spirit cover you. And the way that they symbolized that was through a horn filled with oil being poured from the top of your head all the way to the bottom of your feet. So Jesus, he goes to his hometown. He's going to make an announcement. He does that only after he's baptized. And the Holy Spirit comes on him, and he has the dove. And so that, again, is a symbol of anointing. So Luke chapter 4 says that Jesus comes home. We may be going home this Christmas, this Thanksgiving. We may have a New Year celebration. We're going to go home. We're going to invite people to our home, or we're going to go into someone else's home. So most likely, um, we're going to have those experiences. So Jesus understands because he went home too, and he went home for something special. So he goes into um And I forgot my Bible. So if someone could get Luke chapter 4 and bring it up to me, that would be really awesome. Um, And he made an announcement for um, his anointing. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, It's going to start in verse um, 14. So we're going to be in Luke 4, verse 14. And this is Jesus coming to his hometown to make an announcement. Jesus returned in Galilee in the power of the Spirit. This is after his baptism. And the news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth. That's where he grew up. uh, And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, which we just talked about was handed to him, unrolling it, and he found a place where it was written. So Jesus goes to his hometown, he goes to his home church, he opens up the scroll, and this is what he stands up to read. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me. So, only people that would have been anointed were kings and priests. Jesus, who hasn't even started his ministry yet, stands up and says, God has anointed me. The people in the room would have known, oh, he's saying he's a king and or a priest. But he's saying one of those. So I'm going to keep my eyes on him because he's saying I'm a king or a priest. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that, he, that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son that they asked? Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what you have heard and what you did in Capernaum. So they wanted him to do miracles in their hometown. That's what they were referring to. Do what you did in Capernaum here. This is your hometown. This is the special place. Jesus returned in the spirit, and he... um, came to do miracles, and he came to say what he was anointed to do. The announcement he was including in his hometown was that he was anointed to do a list of things, and so we have a list of things that he said that he was anointed to do. He was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. That means he came for everybody. I didn't come for just the people that you think are special. I came to preach the gospel to the poor, and that's what he's called you to do, too, He's called you to preach the gospel to everybody. And he came to heal the brokenhearted. In the places where we're hurting today, he came to heal us. He came to heal the people that may come around your table this Thanksgiving, this Christmas, this New Year. That people may not be expectant for the New Year, but if they're around your table, he came to heal them. He came to preach deliverance to the captives. He came to give us freedom. People could be coming into your home and they could feel like they are not living in freedom. But he's anointed you to be able to speak life over them. He came to recover the sight of the blind physically and spiritually. There's miracles in the Bible where he was able to give people sight back physically. But he also gave us sight spiritually that our eyes can be open and we can see things in the spiritual realm. He came to set at liberty those who are bruised. So if there's people in your in your family, in your circle of friends that are hurting, that are bruised, he came to set those people free, and he has anointed you to do the same thing. The Holy Spirit is on you, just like it was on the kings and the priests. This Bible says that you are a royal priesthood. You are a priest, and you are a princess. You're a queen of the kingdom, and you have the authority, and you've been anointed to bring... These things that Jesus came to do, he's given you authority to do as well. The last thing he says that he's anointed to do is to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And this is the, in the message Bible, it says this is God's year to act. So we're coming into a new year. What is that thing you want God to do? What is that thing? This is the year for God to act. What is that thing? That thing that you've been praying for, that thing that you've been praying for your family member, you can believe that for them. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the year for God to act. His special moment included the fact that he was pronouncing to his family the place where he grew up, I am a king, and I am a priest, and I have been anointed to do these things. Sometimes when we're with our family, we feel like, oh, this is is my family. If I say, I feel like, you know, the Lord wants me to pray for you for this, you may feel like that little bit of tension because it's your family, and that's kind of a hard thing to say and do and act the way that maybe God has called you to act. So he stood up, and he said this very powerful thing in front of his hometown, in front of the people that he grew up with. And he said that, and they were like, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this the little boy we saw grow up? Isn't this, and people could think of that as us as well, like, oh, I feel like this is what God wants me to pray for you. And maybe you have a family member or a friend that would be like, um, aren't you just Crystal? Crystal? but just remember that you're going home with an anointing. And so we'll see what happened to Jesus when he made this announcement and how he acted after that. So you guys, he was standing up to say this. Like, he is the only person that had the authority to say this. And because he said this, this is why we can have Thanksgiving this is why we can have Christmas. This is why we can celebrate a new year and have hope. Because he came to preach, to heal, to recover, to give us sight, to give us freedom. This is why we're thankful. This is why we have Christmas. This is why we have Advent for 24 days. We're looking for Jesus to come because he does these things. This is why we have Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and a hope. This is why. He was Emmanuel. He was literally God with them to do these things. Verse 22 says that their eyes were fixed on him when he was saying these words. Like, you, you're coming to do this? Verse 24 says, Jesus says, nobody, that a prophet's not accepted in their own home. And then verse 28, that's when it happens verse 28 through 30, it says all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard Jesus say that. They got up, they drove him out of the town, and he took him out to the brow of the hill, which the town was built on. And in order to throw him off, they wanted to throw him off of the cliff. And we have a picture of what that would have looked like. So um, the picture here, um, the very first picture on your right, would be looking, if you see a tree, and then you, kind of a cliff going down, that's what it would have looked like. At, this is the, it's called Mount Precipice in Nazareth. And so the tree going down, that's the cliff. And then the other picture is looking from the ground up. So that's how far they would have thrown him down. So this is a place that they believed that um, the town would have pushed him to in order to, um, to throw him off. I couldn't even imagine being pushed to the point where you knew you that the point of them pushing you was to push you off of a cliff. And so when we were there, I was thinking, sometimes our pain really does push us to the edge. So um, in October, in the trip of Israel, we were here at this point, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, this is sometimes how it feels. Like our pain, if we have pain going into the holidays, it sometimes can." Feel like it's pushing us to the edge and I'm about to fall off and I don't know if I can make another step because I feel like my pain is pushing me this far. Also when I was there I was thinking about going to Jesus' hometown and I really felt like he said it was so special to me but it crushed me and then it made me think I can imagine going to my hometown to make this amazing announcement, and then how people would react after I meet. I went home to tell them my favorite people in my hometown this amazing thing that is true, that it came for Jews and Gentiles, that it came to heal them, but they pushed me to the edge. And so you may be feeling that way when you're coming into this season, but just remember what Jesus did. He walked into his hometown with an anointing. He walked into this place where he was going to make this special announcement, and we're going so there are different places to make to be an anointing wherever we are. So eventually he in verse 30 it says he slips away. He's able to get away they don't push him off the cliff. And then he makes a new hometown. He has to find a new place to settle to be with people that he feels like are family. And he chose Capernaum. And in the scriptures we read they're like why aren't you doing here what you're doing in Capernaum. And in Capernaum people had faith and they believed and so he was able to do miracles so when we were in Capernaum we saw these houses and how they were constructed and the houses were so close that they made pass-throughs of um, where you could just pass food from one house to another it was very familial very loving very, and he that's where Jesus chose to make his home So if there are times in your family where your friends feel more like family than your family family feels like family, Jesus knows what that feels like too because he went to his hometown, got rejected, couldn't really ever go back because they were trying to push him off a cliff. So then he made a new home with family, with his friends that loved him and believed in him. And they lived so close they passed food through houses to each other. So if you're celebrating with friends that feel like family because you're not able to go with family, just know Jesus understands that too. And that's okay because that he makes us, he gives us family when we don't have family. So no matter where you're going, no matter what you might be wrestling with this season, just know that He's that you're going to carry anointing wherever you go. And the change that... your anointing can change the way you might be wrestling with something right now or maybe even helping someone else wrestle through that. We want to look at the idea of wrestling. So when we feel that tension that we're not sure how we're going to feel in that area, that home we might be going to. It might feel like this struggle, this feeling of wrestling. in Ephesians 6.12, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil and the heavenly realms. So this word struggle or wrestle, the Greek word here is a type of wrestling that Paul, who wrote this um, in the Bible, um, it's a, the Greek word he used is a word, um, I don't know how to say it in Greek, so I'm not going to try, um, but it's P-A-L-E, maybe one knows how to say it. <laughs> um, she's, take, she's in seminary taking maybe Greek soon. Um, but it's a type of wrestling um, that the, a main move in this wrestling is to literally put your hand or your body on your opponent's throat and strangle them. That was one of the main moves in this type of wrestling. So Paul, when he's writing this, he's like, we wrestle, we struggle with these tensions, these things that we're going through, and that's the type of wrestling he's talking about. Like, so strongly that you're going to have to, like, put your whole body weight, your arm, your body, whatever, on your opponent. And that's what the main move of this type of wrestling was. And the wrestlers that were doing these moves would rub themselves down with oil. They would take olive oil or the whatever oil, most likely olive oil, and they would rub their bodies down. So when they face their opponent, I'm going to have to get you down on the ground so I can choke hold you or put my body weight on you to choke you, but I have rubbed my body down in oil. When you try to fight me, you're not going to be able to get me because I'm slippery to you because I've had oil all over me. And for months, I've been putting oil all over my body because I know I'm going to fight. And I know that if you try to attack me, my enemy tries to fight me, I'm just going to slip right off because I have all of this oil all over me. And so when we walk in the Holy Spirit and we go home or welcome people into our home, we're, and we're walking in that anointing, we are slippery. When something, anything, any tension that we might be feeling, any sadness, any loneliness... Whatever the enemy is trying to attack you with in the season, if you tend to be, you know, a little bit more sad in the season or you welcome people into your home that are sad and you have the joy of the Lord, do you understand how that's going to change potentially? The atmosphere in your home, how it's going to change someone's life, if you welcome them in and you're joyful and you're slippery and you are full of anointing and you go home with an anointing and someone in your home is not feeling that way, but you can give them some of your oil, How when they are feeling attacked by their enemy, their enemy is going to be, they are going to be slippery to their enemy. So when I was a little girl, sorry, I'm skipping ahead. (laughs) Um, The next slide is going to, we're going to talk about being crushed. So remember, Jesus walked into his hometown and it says he was full of the spirit and he was anointed. So when he walked in to make that announcement, he was already anointed. So when they tried to push him, he was able to slip away. They weren't able to get him because he was already full of the anointing. So on your table, there's a little um, olive. And it's in the center of your table. And these olives are actually from Israel. Um, I was sitting under a table. um, Sorry, under a tree. I was just sitting under a table. (laughs) That would have been really weird. Um... (laughs) I was sitting under a tree in the Garden of Gethsemane in October, and I truly wanted to pick a leaf off of it, off of a tree, but there were signs that said, please do not touch the trees. <laughs> and I was like, ah, okay, I will obey, especially here, because this is where Jesus obeyed. Um, so I just sat there, and I was writing in my journal, and then I just looked up, and there were all of these olives on the ground. And so I was like, I think I'll just try. So I literally just like, do, 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 do. so I think I got 16 of them. Um, so I brought them here today because Gethsemane, the word means oil, press. Gethsemane is where Jesus prayed. But the night that he was arrested, and the night that he was betrayed, and he was going to the cross the next day, and he, this is where he goes. This is his secret place. This is a place where he loved to pray. This is a place that he went to talk with his father before he went to the cross. And he sat in this place with sweat dripping. He was so stressed that his sweat turned to blood. He was being crushed in this place. And the actual word means oil press. So if you look at that olive and you think, what happens when we crush olives? It turns into oil. So in this place, it's called oil press. He, Jesus is literally facing his final crushing. And his anointing is coming out. He's being so crushed. And then he says, Father, not my will. But your will. And his anoint, full anointing of all of that list of things that he came to do, that was the final moment where it was sealed. He was the Messiah. He said, I will lay down my life. I'm full of anointing, but I am slippery to my enemy. He may think this is the victory, but it's not. I'm full of anointing. The Holy Spirit lives within you to equip you and to make you ready for whatever is ahead in the season, whomever comes into your home, whatever home you go into, whatever, if you're celebrating or you're sad, God has anointed you just like Jesus to go home with an anointing. God's anointing has fallen on you and his spirit covers you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And when I was a little girl, I loved the word anointing, and I don't know if you can see this, but like I said, I was, I grew up in North Carolina, so I literally love, my parents have kept every single thing since I was a little girl, and I have a closet, and I have Tupperware things, like, to the ceiling of, like, guys, I used to write journals all the time, like, so it's a trip to, like, go and just read my little journals, and I found this. Um, couple trips, um, probably like two years ago, I was looking through something, and I wrote this when I was like 10 years old. And I literally remember writing this. It was a song that I loved, and I would just sing to myself, because I was the only girl, so I literally played by myself all the time, Um, because my neighborhood was all boys. So I would like play flag football with my brothers until they said, okay, you're done. So I basically like, just like, play by myself after that, and so this says anointing fall on me, anointing fall on me, let the power of the Holy Spirit fall on me, anointing fall on me. So as a little girl, I've had this prayer that God's Spirit just cover me, and as we go into this season, I pray that this is our prayer for the season, that no matter where we're going, we can say anointing fall on me, If you need to be slippery and you're in a place where you feel like you need to be slippery, say, anointing fall on me. No matter where you are, no matter what hard conversation you might have or people, again, coming into your home, even if you're maybe not going through a hard situation, maybe someone in your home is. So as we end, I just wanted to read this um, um, little prayer for you. And remember that um, your crushing is releasing an anointing. So hard things. And now we have a picture of a bottle of olive oil on Mount Precipice. Um, So I took this picture um, in Nazareth. So it's a bottle of oil. It's an olive branch with an olive on it. And it's on the cliff where they pushed Jesus to. So it's at Mount Precipice. And he is the, the greatest example of his crushing, releasing, and anointing. He did every single thing that he said that he was going to do. He healed. He recovered. He, he, he proclaimed the year of the Lord. No matter what his hometown, no matter what happened there, he went on, found a new place, and he did everything that he was called to do. And he was slippery to his enemy. So as um, during our time of prayer at our tables, your table leaders... Um, There is a bottle of oil on your table as well. And so your table leaders will, um, if you feel comfortable in a time of prayer, um, you can anoint each other just as a symbol of God's presence going with you throughout this holiday season. If it's um, wherever, whatever your personal circumstance is and you need to walk into a place of anointing, your table leader is going to pray over you and say, your crushing is releasing an anointing. And place um, a, just a dot of olive oil on your hand as a symbol of the Holy Spirit covering you. And I recently heard this quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer, um, m- many of you may know, he was a German pastor in ro- ro- World War II. I always have trouble saying that. Um, and he was um, he was a spy against the Nazis, so he was a German. Again, and he was a spy against them, and he um, ended up becoming a martyr in a ton- concentration camp himself. And I recently heard this, and I just wanted to read this over you as we close. And um, just remember, again, that this season you're walking in you're anointing. Remember that you can become a new person and you can help with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let someone else know that they can be slippery to their enemy too. You have access to God's strength, his power, his refreshment, his wisdom. And we can look up from having our eyes fixed on below and look up. Because once we move from Thanksgiving, we're going to move into Advent, which is a time where we look for Jesus. And then we celebrate Jesus, and then we go into a new year looking for hope. And so I just wanted to read this beautiful message that Bonhoeffer wrote to his, his congregation. Advent. Advent. When we're looking for Jesus, it creates new people. Look up, whose gaze is fixed on this earth, who are spellbound by the little events and changes on the face of the earth. Look up, you have turned away from the heaven disappointed. Look up, you whose eyes are heavy with tears, and you are heavy and you are crying. Look up, you who are burdened with guilt, who cannot lift your eyes. Look up, your redemption is drawing near. Something from what you see daily will happen. Just be aware. Just be watchful. Wait just another short moment. Wait and something quite new will break over you. God will come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you came and you announced who you were. You are a king and you are a priest, and you are anointed to heal us, to be close to those who are brokenhearted. You are here to proclaim that this is the year that God is going to act. You're here, and you are God with us. And you were crushed when you went to your hometown, but you still did every single thing that you promised us that you would do and you call each one of us to have that same anointing that you would call us priests, you call us a priesthood, that we are anointed with your same spirit that was on you. So as we go into our families at this this holiday season and whatever season that we're personally in, that you've called us to be anointed, that we can step into a room and we can look with eyes of anointing, to see those who are hurting and to to gaze to fix our eyes on them and to um, just let them know that they are loved and they are cherished and that when we are feeling those times of brokenness, that, that we can remember that you've called us to go home with an anointing, to walk into someone else's home with an anointing, to serve with an anointing, that you have covered us with your spirit and that we can walk into this holiday season joyful and happy and when we are broken that we can be reminded that your anointing covers us and we can go home whatever that looks like with an anointing so we're just so grateful and thankful that you came and that you dwelt among us and that we in advent we can look up and wait for what you have prepared for us and we just thank you for the hope that we can have because you did come you were born and we can go into a celebration of the fact that you were born to make that announcement in Nazareth. And we can look to this new year coming for all the good things that you have for us that we can look up. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus' name, amen.